You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It is always game day, although it feels like it's always Deshaun Watson day on this podcast and across sports periodicals and podcasts and sports talk and sports TV, man. The story of Deshaun Watson seems to be never ending right now. Again, it's always game day in Cleveland. Glad to have you on board. My name is Andy Baskin. His name is Daryl Ryder, the Browns beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan. And if you like what you're hearing, and we love the fact that we're hearing more feedback after every podcast, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. Daryl, a day doesn't turn now where it doesn't seem like it, – it doesn't seem like you get massive amounts of information, but every day is about Deshaun Watson. And the latest turn um, starts with the New York Times article. And, and then it takes us to where we have to ask the questions, especially you when you're out of Browns camp, to Kevin Stefanski and just who has to answer the questions on the Browns end. Yeah, we should probably rename the podcast It's Groundhog Day because that's what it that's feels it. like. Um, it, yeah, I mean, more information continues to come out. Uh, legitimate questions about what the Browns did or did not know need to be asked. And unfortunately, Kevin Stefanski's left twisted in the wind having to answer him. And last time I checked, um, he didn't make the trade. He didn't sign off on the trade. That's ownership. That's Andrew Barry. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I think those people need to be out, out front taking some of these questions. Um, I, I just, out of respect for Kevin... I mean, look, he has been professional and respectful and understanding that we do have a job to do and uh, we have to ask those uh, uncomfortable, difficult questions. But I just feel like it's unfair that he's the one every week that has to answer for ownership and Andrew Barry. And same for the you know teammates, too. I mean, 
because we're asking everyone uh, that we get an opportunity to talk to uh, about Deshaun Watson because, again, uh, ownership isn't available, uh, Barry's not available, and uh, Watson's not available. And certainly I understand uh, Watson not being available just from a legal standpoint. Uh, you know, Everything right. uh, that, that he says could potentially be used a- against him. So there's a little protection there. So I, I certainly respect that. But, um, yeah, especially after that New York Times piece this week and the fact that now the Houston Texans are a def- named defendant along with Watson – in these lawsuits, just more and more questions beg to be asked. All right, let's uh, let's give folks a feel for what it's like to be out in Berea because we were talking about this. Pretty much every question that Kevin Stefanski has asked is going to come out with this answer. Yeah, I understand the question. For me, I'm going to be respectful of the investigation of the legal proceedings. I'm going to let that play out. Boom, that's it. Get ready because that's what you're going to hear for the next year. The questions are still going to come, but the answer is still going to be the same. And you're right. I mean, why is Kevin Stefanski put in this spot? Where is it? Who else could be answering these questions? It's almost like the, the, the team should put a team spokesman or a team lawyer out there on the podium every OTA, every mini camp, and probably during training camp itself to answer questions about Deshaun Watson. Because it's not fair to Kevin Stefanski. I mean, like, I listen to this, the, uh, every one of these press conferences, and it's like, man, what's Kevin supposed to say? I can only coach the players I have out on the field. And, you know, I, I know you – I respect the fact that you may have other questions about the future of what we're doing here. But when it comes to Deshaun Watson, I'm not a lawyer. I'm a football coach. And my job is to get these guys ready for the season. And until they tell me someone is ineligible to play, I assume they can play. I don't know what else Kevin can do in this spot. And I also wonder, you know, you're not going to throw Jimmy Haslam out at every press conference. You're not going to throw Andrew Brown out at every press conference. They just don't do that. But I, I don't know. Is, do you have an answer for what they can do and how to answer questions? Because they're going to come every time there's availability to talk to anyone from the organization. Yeah, I, I look, um, and, and I wrote this this week, that uh, how unfair I felt that it is to Kevin Stefanski for him to be in this position where he has to be the de facto spokesperson uh, for the organization. And quite frankly, I just, I, I just, I I just, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's fair. Um, Again, um, I I think that he's doing the best job he can do uh, to handle it uh, and be the, the public face of this, but he shouldn't be the public face of this. The Haslam should no, be the should. public face of this. Andrew Barry should be the public face of this. You made the trade. You brought this guy here. You're the ones that sat up there in March and said, hey, we did a deep dive and in, in, in investigation into his background, and we are comfortable with the person that we are bringing to Cleveland to be the face of this franchise. And you know what? As the more information comes out, either via reporting or additional lawsuits, right or accusations the less and less it looks like the browns did much of an investigation and somebody needs to be held accountable for that and somebody needs to answer for that and that person shouldn't be kevin stefanski but it's crickets from the organization you know um you know i reached out to the organization after the uh new york times piece came out and i just said hey man 
you guys did this big extensive background check on uh, Deshaun Watson. Did you know that the the scope of this thing could have involved at least 66 women? Key word now is at least because it's sounding like there's even more than just 66 women. Now, let's be clear. That's not 66 women that are suing Deshaun Watson. It is 66 women that he has allegedly sought massage, quote, therapy, end quote, from over a 17-month period. That's beyond ludicrous, okay? And the other part that doesn't look so good for Deshaun Watson is that he wasn't hiring men. There are male masseuses that handle these type of things. No, he was targeting women to do these massages that start out somewhat benign, allegedly. And then, um, as we've seen in some of these allegations, the second and third uh, appointments is where things um, uh, get uh, inappropriate. And, um, And another part of this, too, is, you know, if I read each of the 24 allegations made against Deshaun Watson, I thought Rich Eisen made a, 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 a great point this week on his national radio and TV show. I can't. I'm violating FCC uh, decency laws and company standards and practices. I can't even read verbatim from the legal court filings the accusations that are made against Deshaun Watson because that's how gross and vile they are. So there's just there's a lot to this, and it seems that every week, Andy, there is just more and more and more being piled on. And the question begs to be asked, and we deserve some sort of an answer other than respecting the legal process about what the Browns knew. And I understand why we don't have that answer because guess what? There's no right answer. The Browns can't say, yes, Our investigative process did reveal this in what the New York Times was able to uncover because then it makes them look bad for bringing the guy here, right? Because then you say, well, and you still made the trade? and Or they can't say, no, this is news to us, similar to Watson's attorney uh, last Friday when uh, the 24th lawsuit was filed and he issued that statement in which he said that they needed time to research the allegations because was news to them, right? Um, because right. then you say, well, then what the hell kind of investigation did you conduct as an organization before making such an impactful trade? So there is, unfortunately for the Browns, they are stuck between a rock and a hard place. There's no right answer to give to these difficult questions, but it's hard for me to have any sympathy for them for being in this situation because, well, they put themselves here. So tough cookies. You made the trade. You brought this guy here. What he is accused of, keyword accused of, um, is vile and disgusting. But um, and there, just there's no one really to to answer these questions openly and honestly. And uh, it 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 is just a very uh, messy situation that the Cleveland Browns have sub- subjected themselves to, and that is 100% Andrew Barry's fault. And it's 100% the fault of the Haslam Sports Group because they signed up for it. They signed off on it. So you get what you get. All right. I, a lot of stuff to digest in what you just said. Let me let me go back and just touch on a couple of things that you talked about there. 
We had Mike Florio on the show on our regular daily show with Jeff Phelps, um, and Florio said that there there might be up to a hundred different masseuses, that, or more than a hundred different masseuses that Watson may have used. Now that's not illegal. I mean, you can use as many as you want. It's just it just it it kind of it sends the story in one direction. So just just for point of reference, uh, Florio said that too. Also, I'm not quite, and I love Rich Eisen. I think Rich is great, but what Rich is saying, now you, at your own network, you can have your own standards and practices, and that's great. But the FCC violation thing is just not, it's not true. The FCC violation only holds true to over-the-air entities, which would be like your 358 and 19 or, or PBS or anything. And then in that scenario, they could talk about some of the things that happen in a news purpose sense, just to... Just to clarify, if NFL Network wanted to go out there and read what's in this testimony, they absolutely could. They are a cable channel, satellite channel, not governed by the same rules as FCC FCC stations like we are at 92.3 The Fan. I mean, Daryl, if we wanted to drop 1,000 F-bombs right now on this podcast, we are allowed to, and there's no FCC regulation. But standards and decency among you or me or our company, Odyssey, which owns us, um, is just that's the way we we talk because it's just there's no reason to have to to go down that line. Right. So just just for pure clarity, that is only for over the air stations, which you would get uh, through an antenna. I mean, so uh, just uh, that's just a point. Of so reference. on Baskin so, uh, and Phelps, said, you guys can't you guys can't read that stuff. <laughs> um, you know, you could make the argument with the FCC, and you really don't want to get into the situation, right? But, that's I mean, the, and I think funny. that's that's the like, point, right? It, yeah, it is in a twenty news. in its in a 2020, you could because you're doing news, but it's a fine line, and you really don't feel like dealing, messing with the FCC. Ask yeah. the stations that got fined during the Cavaliers uh, parade. parade when LeBron decided to drop, I don't know, six F-bombs. And some I of the stations count. didn't. I stopped counting after three. <laughs> now, it is – I mean, just a little uh, inside baseball and that stuff, too, that the only way a station can get fined is if someone turns them in to the FCC right. on that. And then – um, you have to say your name to the FCC to get the right. to have a station violate, and the fines are through the roof, man. You do not want to walk down that road. Anyway, let, let, I'm getting back to the story, not not the sidebar stuff. That he, I think what's interesting when you go to the Jenny Vredis case or Jenny Vredis story from the New York Times is she she brings uh, the Houston Texans into the story, and this is the first time that I, I've really noticed any of that because in the piece she. Uh, she says that the Texans provided a hotel spa for him and then also that hotel security, or not hotel security, Houston security, which all the teams have. I mean, let's face it. There are a lot of issues that NFL teams go into that no one knows anything about because they're private and, you know, they just – but they do have their own security people. And many the team of which security worked, people do a lot of work yeah. behind the scenes cleaning up messes yes. that no one ever uh, hears about. They get players out of a lot of jams with law enforcement. And when, okay, I, say a lot, a, when I say a lot of jams, I'm not exaggerating. A lot of jams. Like, that's one of their primary jobs is to keep their people uh, out of the news out of the, yep. and off the blotters. And the court and that's pockets, not if possible. That's not, yeah. That's not just NFL teams. That's all, almost all professional sports teams. I mean, NBA has it, um, and, and normally what it is, and you know, when you look at, like, even when the Browns started, I mean, they they were hiring guys from the FBI to run their security. Well, and, they used to I have mean, the the head of the former head of the Secret Service, right, uh, Lou uh, Lou Merletti. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, security uh, details in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, trust me. You go out to Berea right now, that place is more secure than the United States Capitol building. Let me tell you. And, and they pay for again, it. Again, not an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, where do Secret Service go, guys go to retire professional sports teams yeah. or FBI guys? So then this is why I'm really, really curious because, you know, in Jenny's piece, she said that that's the, the person that they used um, to, to get the nondisclosure stuff right. moving for when Deshaun decided he wanted to go see a masseuse. So that they were involved, and that's now why um, the plaintiffs in this case are bringing Houston into it. I mean, it makes sense after the story because that was the first thing I read. Now, my question then, Daryl, became, and this is after reading the New York Times piece again, right. that if, if what she's saying is correct, that they use their security to kind of see what was going on with Deshaun and maybe help him out as far as providing these non-disclosure things, don't you think security from security talks in the NFL? And, I, like, I'm wondering if – if Houston disclosed that to the Browns prior to the trade, because now you're getting into an area where if if they knew stuff that was going on and didn't provide some of that information to the Browns, especially during a background track where they knew their lawyers were saying, whatever you do, don't talk to the plaintiffs. It does. Is Houston was Houston hiding something from the Browns when they made the trade? when the Browns thought they did all their due diligence. Now, I mean, I was getting all kinds of texts like, why doesn't the New York Times do the uh, do the background checks on these players? Because clearly it didn't seem like it worked for them with Deshaun Watson. But the, the, the question that goes into this, and now I think it's really interesting that Houston's a part of this, is that if Houston knew stuff and didn't tell the Browns prior to the trade, is it possible that the trade could be voided? No, the, the trade is not going to be voided. I, I that's just not going to happen. Oh, um, I, I, we can both say it's not going to happen, but it does put that out there that if Houston had information that they weren't sharing with Cleveland about any of this stuff, you know, you know, it's like I, I mean, we don't care when it's a physical. When it's a physical, yeah, the, the trade's pending a physical. I get that. Well, I mean, this is some pretty heavy stuff, and if they didn't give up some information, the Browns could say, "Hey, wait a minute, guys, you knew all this stuff was going on." And didn't let us know any of this. Now it depends on how much information is there. I do think the Browns are like I think the Browns are stuck for the draft picks. I think they're they're stuck for a lot of stuff. But it does come to question that now that Houston is a part of the lawsuit. I, I, I'm telling you, that's the number one question I've had over the last 24 hours. Could this trade be voided? Yeah, no, it, I don't think it can be voided. Um, number one. Uh, the, the, the other, you know, part of this, too, is, you know, as far as the the Texans alleged involvement with the the, the not providing him with the, the suite or the the non-disclosure uh, agreement for him to use uh, with these therapists. I think that the real story here, too, is um, why did Deshaun Watson, after getting the contract extension from the Texans, all of the sudden do a 180 and request a trade, which led him, or I should say, which led to him not playing during the 2021 season. Is That's it because, a great question. Is it really because, and I'm not talking about what the, the public thing is, right? The public thing is, is that, well, he requested a trade, so we, you know, uh, sat him out or whatever. No, right. uh, you know, m number one question would be, did the Houston Texans cut him off? 
Is that is that what angered Deshaun Watson and and led to him wanting out of the Houston Texans? Like all of a sudden, I think that becomes a relative, uh, re- very relevant question to ask, right? Um, right. W- to your point about what did the Houston Texans know uh, about this alleged behavior that he was engaging in? You know, did did they know? And then did they decide, okay, we to protect ourselves, we gotta cut them off we we can't facilitate this so I think that's a question that needs to be asked is what was really truly at the heart of Deshaun Watson requesting a trade from the Houston Texans months after he signed a lucrative contract extension with that franchise all right uh, uh, before we go on to the next step here I want to ask you one more question Mike Florio said he thought that if the Browns could go back to before the day they signed Deshaun, they wouldn't do it. What do you think? I would hope so. That they wouldn't. I, I would hope so, but they did make the trade, and they did give him $230 million. So my faith in their moral compass is non-existent. Fair enough. That's a good way to leave this first segment. All right, let's come back. I want to talk a little bit more um, – about things that are going on in Berea right now. And then the other story that that is the outlier on this thing is Baker Mayfield. And there was news about Baker Mayfield this week as well. So, hey, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland podcast. We love having you on board. Baker Mayfield, we'll talk about that next. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's always game day in Cleveland. We're getting you up to speed on what's going on with your Cleveland Browns. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for being with us. If you want to be a part of the show, you can always hit us up at Game Day CLE. At Game Day CLE. All right, so some of the other news coming out of uh, what was the last OTA uh, before we get into mandatory minicamp was about Baker Mayfield. And that word mandatory comes into play for Baker because is it mandatory? And uh, (laughs) the Browns. And Baker Mayfield, you know, they haven't been able to get along with each other on a lot of things, but they did come together to realize that it's probably not a good thing for Baker to be here. So he is excused from the mandatory minicamp. What do you think of that news, Daryl? Uh, that's the first time in 12 months they've seen eye to eye on anything, right? That's exactly so, uh... what I said. First thing I thought of. <laughs> I was like, hey, wait a minute. If they can come together on this, who knows? Who knows? By mutual agreement, we have decided that Baker Mayfield has been excused and we will not fine him $93,000 in change for not coming to Berea next week. And also, I'd like to give the Cleveland Browns a standing ovation for attempting to deflect 
away from the Deshaun Watson story by releasing that news moments before Kevin Stefanski's availability on Wednesday. So standing ovation, A for effort, but you still failed miserably (laughs) because the Deshaun questions still got asked. But um, yeah, in in all seriousness, it's what I said should have been done uh, weeks ago, Andy. They ultimately did it. So So like it wasn't a big whoa type of moment when the team made that uh, announcement, um, it was the right thing to do. There is no reason for Baker Mayfield uh, to have to come back to Cleveland again, other than maybe to clean out his locker, assuming that that has not already happened, um, or unless he needs access to uh, team medical staff uh, or training staff, right? There's no real reason for him to come back in that facility. And I I wish at some point the national media would stop going for the clicks and the views and the ears and all that other nonsense by continuing this narrative that, oh, there's a sliver of hope that the Browns could turn to Baker Mayfield this year if Deshaun Watson is suspended. Look, they have moved on. I don't know how many different ways or how many times I can say that the Cleveland Browns have moved on from Baker Mayfield. I just, I'm running out of ways to say it. The Cleveland Browns have moved on from Baker Mayfield. They brought in not one, not two, but three different quarterbacks this offseason. Okay? So they're moving on from Baker Mayfield. And if Deshaun Watson is suspended for any period of time, your starting quarterback will be Jacoby Brissett. That is why they signed him to be able to step in and start. He has uh, uh, nearly 60 games of experience. He started around 30 of of those games. Um, He's shown that he can win football games. So that's that's why they brought him in. And then Josh Dobbs has been brought in to be the number three quarterback. And obviously, if Watson is unavailable, he now becomes the backup quarterback. And he has a little experience too. So um, this notion or this narrative that these national outlets continue to try and shove down people's throats, that there's an outside chance the Browns could turn back to Baker Mayfield. It's just, it's first of all, it's factually inaccurate, and it's just disingenuous. It's a, And that's, I guess, what like bothers me, is just how disingenuous it is. Because all you're doing, it's the hot, we call it hot button, right? Baker Mayfield's a right. hot button. So they're just throwing it out there to get people to watch. Ooh, the Browns could turn back to Baker. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. wow what? How can that happen? Oh, no, they're not. It's, it's, it's not happening. And if you needed any further evidence that it's never going to happen, Baker Mayfield is not going to be at mandatory minicamp. Endo storio. His days as a Cleveland Brown are over. He will never throw another football as a member of a Cleveland Browns in a game ever again. Get it through your heads. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I had to do that. <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. I, 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 I I, I get it. I I don't think he's ever playing for the Browns again either. So I'm with you. No. I'll just take a much softer uh, approach on that. I just oh um, no no no. Like, you know me. I'm not soft. No, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm a blunt instrument. <laughs> I I think where the story takes a turn is okay. Look, eventually you're gonna have to trade him, or you're gonna just eat the contract for the entire year. I I just don't see him cutting him. Um, but the other part of this is 
is it not the front office's job to constantly every day try to figure out how we can put the best player at every position in every game? And if Deshaun Watson's out, should they not be looking perhaps to utilize what they have with Baker if they can? And I know the Sam Darnold thing came up, and you know Jeff talks about that. I'd love for them to try to figure out a way to bring Jimmy Garoppolo in just right. to bring in another quarterback. I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is not uh, – look, if he's a starting quarterback, I'm totally ready for that and prepared for that. But I, I, I also think that, you know, it's been said, he's a backup. He's a number two. He's right. a guy who knows how to get in the game and be ready on a moment's notice. Well, I, I, if you're the Browns right now, and this is where Kevin Stefanski well, does I, come Can I play. pause you I thought, for a moment? I, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's Jacoby Brissett's career line, and you tell me if this sounds familiar to you. Outside okay, of his I, overall quarterback record, okay? Okay. 60 games, 37 starts. His quarterback record's 14 and 23. Set that aside for a moment. His okay. completion percentage is just over 60%. He's thrown 36 touchdowns and 17 interceptions in his career. Sound familiar? Yeah. Sounds like Baker Mayfield. Thank you. Okay. So, and, th and that's why I think that their job is to go out and try to find somebody. I mean, for anybody that thought that Baker Mayfield needed a challenge in camp, why wouldn't you think the same thing for Jacoby Brissett? So if, if they've got a, an option that they might be able – and I, I don't I don't think Sam Darnold's the answer again, and I would like to see Jimmy Garoppolo, although that would cost the, the Browns a little bit of money. And, and, and who knows? Like, we just I, – I think the part here is that I, I almost feel like the NFL has given the Browns a crystal ball on what – Deshaun Watson's future is going to be. He's going to be suspended. I I just don't see it. But now, I, I would say best-case scenario, maybe he's not suspended this year, he's suspended next year. But all signs, and as, as this the, the, the soap opera continues every day, I just can't see Deshaun Watson not getting suspended. And I also think that the commissioner might want to look back on this and say, hey, maybe the best way to approach this is to put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner's list, on the paid leave list. Let him take care of all of his legal stuff, and yep. then let him come back. So, but the commissioner and it's ruled hard, that and out. It would be and, hard for me to argue against that, Andy. Okay, so but like I didn't really start thinking that again until last week when all this, you know, the HBO thing was like, ah, okay, I don't know how, how how much different this is than anything else we've heard. But the, the New York Times stuff, and it's just it, it's getting a little bit out of hand, and if. They put Deshaun Watson on that list, on the commissioner's list. It changes things for the league, and it gives the league a little more time. Rather than having to go back and forth every other week and get with a new headline with, oh, Deshaun's suspended for six games. Oh, wait a minute, something new's happened? Okay, let's tack another four onto that. Why would they want to get in that situation? Because they do have an avenue to take care of all of this right away, and that's put him on the, on the list, which is just paid leave and – and then after he settles or after they figure out what's going on or after he gets victory in court, then, you know, you come back and you figure out what the suspension is on the other stuff. So, uh, again, I, I just I, – I'd like to see the Browns look at this, understand the fact that, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's not going to be playing and that they should bring in another quarterback, if not to, to start, at least to push Jacoby Brissett because that's what we need. We need the best players on the field. There are times when I listen to what players are saying and I listen to what uh, what Kevin has been saying about about Deshaun, and or and what the front office is not saying, and I just feel like the emperor has no clothes on, knowing that this is coming, that he's there's going to be games he's not going to play. 
I don't think we have time for a backup quarterback competition. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I just don't sure. think there's time for it. I, I really don't. And and so, look, just the, bring the, in the or- another starter, or just give it to Jacoby. And go. The, the the organization could then say to your point that you're making. Well, that's why we signed Josh Dobbs. What if Josh? Let's just say for the sake of discussion that uh, Deshaun has been suspended, and Jacoby is basically elevated to the number one, and then Josh Dobbs comes out and has an unbelievable training camp, right? Because okay. I will give Kevin Stefanski credit on one thing from uh, from Wednesday, aside from just how respectful and professional he's been in fielding all these questions that, as I said earlier, he shouldn't have to be fielding on his own uh, every week as the team spokesman. But uh, I also understand that's probably part of his job uh, as the head coach to be the unofficial team spokesman uh, in front of the cameras and microphones. But um, when I, I look at uh, this potential uh, you know, quarterback situation that they they could have unfolding here right and and Dobbs has this unbelievable training camp and and whatnot look I I I think that that's what they could like quote-unquote hide behind to your point about I I just I can't first of all they don't have any uh, first round draft picks to to give up for the for for the next two years um right uh, so I don't see them making a trade for Jimmy G um I just I think that the writing's on the wall that if something happens with Deshaun, that it's it's Jacoby Brissett. And uh, right now, as as we talk, Deshaun Watson's not been suspended by the NFL, so the Browns are proceeding business as usual, and they will proceed business as usual until the league tells them that it's not business as usual. So I'm I, I certainly am not going to criticize. Uh, the lack of reps that Brissett is getting right now because his job is as a backup quarterback is to be ready when he's called upon. Now, the conventional thinking and wisdom here, Andy, is that we will know by the start of training camp what's up with Deshaun and and, and whatnot, okay? Which means then you have all of training camp to get J- Jacoby Brissett ready to go for week one. And quite frankly, from my point of view, I think that's plenty of time. That's a lot more time than, um, you know, you'll hear you'll you'll hear teams think of suspensions or as far as like from a mental standpoint and dealing with them in terms of like an injury, right? Well, that's a a lot more time than say Deshaun Watson getting hurt in week two, and then Brissett has to start the next six six or eight games because of an injury. Well, then you can say, well. Uh, then what type of preparation could you legitimately have given him, right? Because your job was to prepare your starting quarterback. So that's how I kind of push back on those that are clamoring for Brissett to be getting all of these OTA uh, and offseason reps right now. No, his job is to be the backup quarterback, and that's what he is until the league uh, says otherwise. Deshaun Watson's the starting quarterback, Therefore, he's the guy that has to be prepared this offseason, and he's the one that really has to have the intimate knowledge of this playbook. Not to say that Brissett doesn't have to have the same intimate knowledge, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, Absolutely, they, and I don't they think have to, like, they I ha- don't, yeah, they have to, yeah, they have to keep repping Watson as much as possible until, again, I, the NFL says that he's not going to be eligible to play. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I just, like, when we talked last week, I think, uh, or last week I think it was said, from Kevin that 
I don't know where I got the stat from, but just that it seemed like Deshaun was getting 98, 90, you know, 90 percent, 98 percent of all the snaps going on in camp. And I'm like, I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett needs all the snaps. I am saying that if your backup quarterback maybe gets 5 percent of the snaps at camp, maybe it should be 10. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not over the, I, I don't, I agree with what you're saying. I just wonder if you don't ramp it up a little bit. I'm not talking about going all the way and saying, well, okay, well, why would we have Watson take any reps? That's silly. That's He's going to have to get some reps at some time. And I'll go the other side of my argument on that too, that if you think he's going to miss, and if you go back to the original thoughts of six-game suspension, four-game suspension, something like that, that you better get him as many reps as you possibly can as quick as you can. So mm-hmm. I, I can see both sides of that. I just wish that when I had heard that, that it was more than 90-plus, I was like, they should probably get percent a little bit more. I'm not talking about the whole thing. Okay. All right, so we've tackled two other things. You know, there was some good news. There was a highlight. There was a big moment. What am I talking about? We'll kick that story around next. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. More after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right. There's got to be something good that's happening in Berea. Right, Daryl? One good thing. I read one of your tweets yesterday, and I was like, hey, Good news. Tell me about it. Uh, that would be the kicker. Looks to be the real deal. And I realize Woo-hoo! it's practice. I realize it's oh. practice. But I got to tell you what. <laughs> Kate York, I get it. Fourth round pick, I get it. <laughs> so the idea is I, I, um, I, I, I let off my notebook Wednesday with, uh, you know, hey, we, we all – we finally got to see what all the hype about Cade York was about. Now, please allow us to hype him some more <laughs> because he, look, he, uh, the, the ball just explodes off his foot. He had about, uh, look, it looked just from the angle. We don't have a great angle of the, the practice field that they were on. So it's, it, it was hard to get an exact yard mark, but we'll say between 57 and 60 yards. He made it Woo! with ease. He cleared the crossbar. He he had that thing from 70 yards easy. Um, just impressive to watch him kick. Uh, you certainly see what the Browns saw in him. Um, need to see it more, right? Need to see it consistently and, and all that. But he made quite the first impression for the uh, first opportunity, at least for reporters, being able to see him. But 
John Johnson gets to see it every day or almost every day uh, in practice. And even he was ranting and raving about just how in awe he is watching Cade York kick footballs through the uprights. Oh, he's unbelievable. I mean, it looks like, I don't know, like the ball just flies off his foot. Um, it could be a 30-yard kick. He's going to hit it for, for 60. Um, it flies through the uprights. Accurate. Um, he's young. So I think, you know, I think that helps sometimes. You know, he doesn't really – know the pressure and the magnitude. He's just out there having fun. You know, he's a rookie. He's just doing what he loves doing. So I think that's the beauty of it. But um, I'm really looking forward to the season and seeing him kick. He's just got a big leg. Even when we did kickoff the other day, like he's kicking it out the end zone. You know, our kickoff team, they want to cover. So we might have to tell him, cut it, cut it down a little bit. But I just can't wait to watch him. Whew. All right. You know what? For all the times we talk about Deshaun Watson, I'm just going to defer. This is what Kevin Stefanski should do. Okay, every time he gets a question about Deshaun Watson that he can't answer, he'd be like, um, you know, I appreciate the question. I think it's been great. Hey, have you guys seen Cade York kick yet? Oh, my God, this kid's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Kevin, can, Kevin, can we talk about uh, the number? Uh, Mike Florio said there were over 100 different masseuses. Um, what do you know about that? What can you say about that? Oh, well, I, you know, I, I, I value your question. Thank you. And, and you know, I, I'm going to defer that to, um, you know, the legal process. But, man, did you see Cade York? I mean, he kicked four 50-yarders in a row. This is awesome. I don't know. The NFL may have to come in and check out the footballs because his leg is so strong. They may need to make the footballs way more because I think he might be kicking an 80-yarder by the end of the season. He's our only he's our only good news lately. Help man. us, Cade York. You're our only hope. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, oh, look, I, I, and John Johnson, it seems like he's averaging an interception per practice these days. Uh, he, he's certainly been uh, a bright spot, uh, the defense. But again, it's it's practice. They're working on stuff. And it, I've learned. Look, I've learned my lesson. Because for years and years and years, I would hype just how awesome the Browns would look in practice during the offseason. And then they would go 4-12 and 12 and 5-11 and 11 and 3-13. and 13. <laughs> So I just it, – it's not that I'm trying to be negative or I'm, like, trying to downplay anything. But, like, it is practice. And they are working on stuff. Not everything's at full speed. They're not tackling. Right. You can't you can't even evaluate the offense over the defensive line because again they're not in pads, uh, you know they're they're walking through stuff so to speak. They're practicing their their pad levels, which is their shoulder height, right? So mm -hmm. it, it, it training camp practices you can uh, you can get a little peek at some stuff, but again, it, you know the Browns have won many a Lombardi during training camp too, so. Uh, and created many a Hall of Famer. Does the name Ben Gay ring any bells for you? So, oh yeah. <laughs> let's before we start figuring out who the next Jim Brown is in training camp. Let's just remember it's training camp. <laughs> hey, let's just quickly before we wrap things up today. Uh, let's take a look at the mini camp schedule. They are back on Tuesday. Now they'll be in Berea. And then on Wednesday, they're going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then on Thursday, uh, they will get their work done at First Energy Stadium. Uh, just thoughts on that, going down to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I do think that that's, uh, that's a great idea by Kevin Stefanski and the staff to, to take the team down to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, do a little bonding experience, and then also remember the rich history that has brought you to this point.
Yes, no one told Kevin Stefanski that gas is like $20 a gallon now. So uh, thanks for the drive to Canton, bro. Um, <laughs> no, I look, I, in all seriousness, it, it, it's great. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, Stefanski has, uh, you know, tried to impress upon his players to have uh, appreciation for those that have come before him. This is a great opportunity for them to do that uh, in Canton. Uh, they're not going to uh, get as much work in that day because typically the final minicamp practice, that's your quick get-out-of-town day, right? That's not right. going to be the case this time around. Um, that day is going to be used on Wednesday. My understanding is that they've got uh, you know, private tours of the, the hall lined up, a you know, luncheons lined up uh, for players and staff down there. And then on Thursday, they're really gonna, they're going to have to put in some work down at the stadium uh, on Thursday before they kind of uh, you know wrap things up. I, I do find it interesting that he's taking them down to First Energy Stadium uh, for some work. I don't know if that has anything to do with the concert schedule later uh, this uh, summer uh, in training camp. If that relates to uh, stadium availability or whatnot, I guess I probably should have asked that question. Unfortunately, I had a bunch of other questions that needed to be asked this week, uh, that were more important than that. Um, maybe I'll get that one in, uh, next week because, uh, there are, there's at least one, uh, maybe there's two concerts at first energy stadium this summer, uh, before oh, wait, we're using the building more than we're using the building more than 12 times this year. Yeah, wow. and if they build a new dome, they'll really be able to use the building, right? So um, oh, stay tuned yeah. on, for started. that But um, in the coming years. But, yeah, so I think it's great. It's unique. Uh, it breaks up the monotony of going to Berea every day for players, too, that they you know they, they get some uh, you know fresh experience and, and whatnot, and it'll, it'll lead them into the offseason, the real offseason, summer vacation. Uh, you know, hopefully with some 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 good memories. So yeah, I I, I think that uh, you know because there are no COVID protocols anymore. This is really Kevin Stefanski's yeah. third season as the head coach, but this is his first off season program, like full legitimate off season program. That's hard to believe, right? It's his third year as yeah. head coach, and this is the first year he's been able to conduct an off season program. You know, I always think it's interesting that. Teams, when you get to the playoffs, you talk about home field advantage and you talk about this is our house, this is our house. I mean, how often do teams actually really use their stadium? Ten times? You know, if you're lucky, you get the playoffs maybe a little bit more. I mean, it, 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 And the reason it's our house is because of our fans. It's the only reason why. They don't, I mean, it, it, maybe you get a little bit of the, like, I know go back to the kicking game, but, you know, understanding the wind and how the wind works uh, at First Energy I think is a, is an interesting thing for the kickers almost to the point like why don't they just send those guys down there for the beginning of practice every day and then bring them back later just because well, they I do mean, that really i mean they, they, they yeah, go yeah. down there at least once a week in season mike prefer sends the as they call it the battery the long snapper the holder and uh, the, the kicker the holders usually the punter uh they, right but um, with the renovations that were going on uh out at 76 lugrosa boulevard uh, the uprights weren't up for uh, most of uh, the, the offseason program because they had just put in brand new fields. Uh, well, the uprights are back up, uh, so they're able to, to kick out there. And also, too, as we know, it changes. Like, 
kicking at First Energy Stadium in June is a little different than right. kicking there in August or September or November and December. You know what I mean? It's just it's right. uh, the location of the stadium, the wind patterns, all that you know kind of stuff, and that's why it's great that Cade York has already uh, gotten Phil Dawson on the phone and talked to the, as I affectionately call Phil, the mad scientist. Uh, about kicking in that building and in the various uh, weather conditions and field conditions that he's going to have to deal with. But um, yeah, I, 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 Kevin Stefanski seems like he's a, a big fan of using that stadium for practice. Um, obviously, every year during training camp, they have their uh, orange and brown scrimmage slash family night event uh, that they do. Uh, the the open practice it's at the stadium uh, during training camp to, again to break the monotony of of, of camp up uh, a little bit but yeah I kind of like the idea that the, one of the mini camp practices they're gonna head down to Al Learner Way and uh, <clears throat> get some work in by the way have to have to send a shout out to the city of Cleveland for the pettiness uh, in the legislation to approve the. Uh, uh, repairs required to the stadium about 10 million needed for this year alone um okay they, ch they took first energy stadium out of the legislation and now it is the municipally owned facility at 100 alfred Lerner way so i'm looking forward to getting my t-shirt commemorating the municipally owned facility at 100 alfred Lerner way that's what it's called now According to the city of Cleveland and their legislation approving funds to pay for repairs, yes. Just pay for it. We'll see what the future looks like for where this team is going to play. But as you said, we'll talk about that uh, in Cleveland, I should say. Like, I want to go back to the 90s on this. Daryl, always outstanding. We'll do it again next week. We always appreciate everybody on board. You have a final thought? Uh, yeah. Uh, make sure you leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Uh, obviously subscribe, download on a regular basis. We appreciate it. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at game day, Clee, a CLE. You can, uh, uh, tweet there at us and we'll be incorporating, uh, those into the, the podcast, uh, in the, uh, the coming days and weeks here. And, uh, we got some more mailbag podcasts too. So if you've got a question for us, uh, tweet at game day, CLE. Uh, on Twitter, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll get to those questions for you as well. Unfortunately, today couldn't do it just because of uh, yeah, we kind of had some pressing business to handle. All the other stuff. All right, he is Daryl Ryder for our producer Meredith Kane. I'm Andy Baskin. We appreciate you very much listening. So we look forward to talking to you next week as well. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.